When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you very much. <laughs> Race the Bottom, episode 12. I'm your host, Joe Harmon. This week's episode features an interview with Dan Layden. Dan is a football artist of the highest order, in my opinion. His work is featured with BT, ESPN, Nike, Liverpool. I was very privileged to have the opportunity to speak to him and to allow him to share with me and with you guys, the listeners, his craft and his influences so i hope you enjoy the interview please stay tuned and uh here it is let's kick it off and start welcome to race the bottom dan Layden. um thanks very much for for being here um dan to give an overview you are now a, a very established um, football artist. Just going on your website and seeing who who you've worked with is is pretty jaw dropping, if I'm honest, man. Like, um, <laughs> your, your body of work is is immense. Um, you know, yeah. Type your name in on Google Images, and it's just like it's such a huge body of work. But I'm really interested to know how you started, and you know what got you to this point. What, what's the origins of uh, of Dan Layden? Okay. Thanks very much, Joe, and thanks very much for having me on. Um, I started, I went to college in 2005, studied product design, and I was in college for four years. And maybe two years before I left, I started doing freelance graphic design, so making menus and fires and all that type of local work. So I was doing that on the side. And when I finished, I I didn't really have a plan because I live in Sligo on the northwest coast of, um, I'm on the northwest coast of Ireland, and there's not much jobs there for product design. So, you know, like I would have had to leave, go to London, go to Dublin, somewhere else, and I had no real urge to do that because... I don't know, I guess I'm kind of a homebird. I like traveling, but I like coming back as well. So after that, I decided I wasn't sending out any CVs, so I didn't even look for any jobs. Um, I just started uh, doing graphic design. I had a part-time job, so anything I did do, I would put on a blog. And, like, I've always loved football. Like, it's been, <laughs> you know, I love it. Like, I played it from when I was, like, five or six. Um, I had to stop playing when I was... 16 I tore my cruciate ligament um I tried to go back I tore it a few more times so I've always wanted to play football love football supported Liverpool but it was funny because I'd always been into drawing and I'd never figured to put the two things (laughs) in the one interest like I'd never followed up the two and the day I started to make work that um kind of put them together was the day Andy Carroll left Newcastle and went to Liverpool when Fernando Torres went to Chelsea because <laughs> that must have broken my heart or something because I just made a Photoshop and I put it up on a blog 
And from that day, I just started making work every single day and putting it up. And that kind of led me to Twitter, which I had an account on, but I didn't really use. So I started posting the work on Twitter and like, it, there's nothing like funny things with football news in them that uh, will make people tweet back and follow you. So I thought, oh, this has legs, like, but there was no plan. There was no plan in it at all. It was um, just me having fun doing silly magazine covers with fake stories on them. And then now and again, I do a little bit of drawing or I put an illustration in. And that kind of, once I started doing that, I thought, oh, hang on, this is fun. And then every day, it was, uh, I wasn't doing photoshops anymore. I was doing drawings and little little pieces like that. And, it, and then I got a job. Uh, Graham Hunter got in contact and asked me to illustrate his first book, Barcelona book, which ended up winning a load of awards. It was really good. Um, so that's, that's um, kind of, Graham Hunter, the, what, the, the Spanish kind yes, of football. Yes. No way. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the first job that I got. So that was purely from spamming him with stuff on Twitter. <laughs> you know, just like sending images out, asking for retweets, like all day <laughs> for months. <laughs> but it worked. So that's the first job I got, and that's how I got my foot kind of in the door. And I started a print shop off of that. And like, I think because the work was in the book, people saw that as a stamp of approval and then they started buying posters and yeah for about a year I was operating like that I'd get little jobs but nothing on the level of first job and I was selling posters here and there and I still had a part-time job in a slot machine arcade um, which I'd worked there since I was like 13 and I was now 25 or 24 or something like that so I decided to quit the job and uh, the next morning I opened my email and I had an email from Nike to do uh, some social media campaign for the release of a football boot. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> fluke, <laughs> just lined up really nicely. So that that's kind of how I managed to go from college to freelance and then start getting jobs that could keep me paying a mortgage or something like that, like actually making a living. So that'd be the first section anyways. Ah, okay. Um, amazing to think that um, the transfer of Andy Carroll and Fernando Torres <laughs> was your was your tipping point yes. into football yeah. art. Um, one of the things, like you talked about social media and, and Twitter is, would I be right in saying it's your main medium? I know you post a lot on Instagram, but Twitter is that yeah. wicked ability to to kind of politely um, agitate people. You know, I've, I've found it with uh, with Race to the Bottom, you know, people are, are really receptive to kind of either, you know, linking them into a tweet or or trying to just ask the question, you know, like, like I did with you. you know. with, with you living in, in Sligo, and I can kind of, um, I don't know if empathise with, but just relate, uh, Plymouth is, uh, is right down in the southwest of England. Pretty okay. remote from uh, from the rest of the country. The, the motorway stops at Bristol. Um, we've okay. got an A road, and and that's about it. But maybe ten, fifteen years previously, in order for you to gain any yeah. traction or kind of career progression, maybe you would have had to move to a, a main city, be it Dublin, be it come across, so you know, to to London or Manchester. But do you think Twitter and, and social media has played a big role in 
in you being able to kind of showcase your work from from where you're really happiest in Sligo? Yes, um, I think if I was starting out 15 years previously, I would have either had to move or it would have had to have been unbelievably good. <laughs> like, I would have had to have been unbelievable to be able to catch the work and stay where I was because I've done a lot of research on, uh, you know, like popular artists and illustrators that I would like. And I see some that were able to live in their hometown through maybe the 80s and the 90s. And they are top of the game. You know, they are like unbelievably talented. And I'm just starting out. Like, I don't have those skills. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the the kind of experience, the, you know, I like I wouldn't need to be on that level to make... Uh, to catch work that would have kept me going here. So otherwise, I would have needed to move to London or New York or somewhere to to be in the middle of this and go on and do meetings, I'd say, uh, go and chat to art directors. But because of social media, I was able to just put my work up. Like, I think I was putting work up solid, I think. I was making at least a one bit of work a day for maybe two years just to start getting a following. Um, I started Instagram in 2012. And I started Twitter in, I think, 2009. And I only started getting a good following on Instagram in 2016. I still remember because it just went from zero to 100. In October 2016, I changed the type of work um, I was doing. I just completely changed tag. And I had 10,000 followers in October 2016. And one year later, I had... 79,000 I just got so much followers in that year because I changed the way I was working and like to get that those eyes on your work without social media like you're not like there's no way really I think you can get that you know it just it skyrocketed and because of that like you know so my following on one of the profiles multiplied by seven times let's say but I've come to learn like it doesn't really affect anything it's not like my work multiplied by seven or the money I was making. It's just the comments you get multiplied by seven. That's basically the difference. Now, I did catch a few art directors and I managed to get some work because I was doing work that was resonating with a lot of people and a, and a certain age group, I suppose. <coughs> Excuse me. But having that much followers... Um, didn't change much and to be honest like I've moved past making the work I was making then and now I've lost like 15,000 followers nearly in the last year (laughs) and every time I post work I lose like 100 followers on Instagram but I'm like I don't really care because I think that was just people that were in for the ride of the work I was doing for a year and their 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 tastes are probably a bit different to what I'm doing now so they're kind of moving off to follow other accounts and I don't mind really it's been a good learning experience because um, there's the feedback you get on Instagram is not as valuable as you get on Twitter because you can have moving conversations that kind of as you said you're able to kind of draw people in and you can chat to them someone might quote tweet something and show it to their followers and it it's just I feel it's a lot more it's easier to grow on Twitter and Twitter is a social media platform i've never lost followers on it's just been constant growing but on instagram i have had the big up and now like a small small down but on twitter it's just uh, i think it's the most useful of all the social media platforms it's just uh 
the handiest and it's the most natural for people, I think, because it is just basically a big, massive conversation. Yeah, it does. It seems to uh, to work really well and lend its, itself really well to things like artists and and, yeah. uh, and kind of sports journalists. Um, being in, in Sligo, and, and you were talking about your your style changing, and it's one of the things that, that I said to you earlier in, in, a, in a tweet, um, you know, I think there are a lot of sports artists out there, football artists out there, whose style is very, very defined. And when I first kind of followed your work in, in 2012, you had a, a certain style, but kind of doing a bit of research so I could talk to you, realising how varied your, your styles become, like really flexible, um, you know, sometimes abstract, sometimes kind of minimalist, a lot of elements of humour and, and comedy kind of elements to your work. Um, is that is that just you or do you think that's being, again, kind of geographically not having any pressures of conforming to certain trends or waves being in, you know, perhaps being in a, in a bigger area? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because, yeah, I do feel like I'm on the margins, I suppose, like I'm not in the mix. <laughs> so whenever I would get a job, I just kind of have a feeling, oh, they've come to me for this. So I'm maybe a bit removed from, you know, uh, the ebb and flow of the everyday. But yeah, I, I think that could feed into it. But also, I've never studied illustration in college. I, I never did any courses. I'm self-taught, so. The more I look into it, I think all the styles and experimentation, um, experimentation with styles, um, I think that is like what most people would do in college for those four or five years that they're really studying it. You know, they're trying all the different things. So I just happened to do that on Twitter and it's everywhere and you can see it and it's on Google Images when you look for my name. Um, so I think that's kind of like you start at zero and you splurge, you just go really broad. You look for everything and you see what works. Then I'm now at the moment, I'm in the process of trying to bring it in. So there's one thing I do. Like I've got a few reviews in my portfolio and everyone that's had a look has said, uh, yeah, like you don't have a consistent style of execution. You need to have your, your one thing because if an art director is coming to you, they need to know what they will end up getting and they need to know the quality will be the same every time the execution will be the same because they're basically staking their name you know if they're choosing me for whatever job so that's something i'm consciously trying i've um i started a thread i think maybe two months ago for just me following through and trying to fill a few gaps in my skill set and end up as how i make work and it's 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 been a bit of a journey, but it's funny because what I've come to at the end is you just arrive at the natural way that you like to draw. So I I think I'm like circling it now at the moment. I've got something going on. Um, I've changed my website to show um, recent work that's all in the same style. So anything that is on my site now would have a similar similar style and tone. So um, I'm I'm trying to kind of rein it in because. I think sometimes all the different styles I do could just be a lack of restraint or, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know, like a lack of experience or something. Like, it's still fun, though. Like, I love drawing and uh, I love trying things. So that's probably something I, I, um, I won't stop doing. But uh, 
what I put forward on my portfolio website. Yeah, I'm trying to make that just the, the one thing. Not having an artistic uh, bone in my body when it comes to drawing and stuff. I don't know, do you, do you try and steer away from being too heavily influenced by other artists? Or, or are there people who have influenced one of your styles? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so much. And especially with the internet. Like, I've got, like, oh, my God. I think I have a Pinterest board, a folder. I've got another Pinterest board. And, like, this is where I pin all the stuff I see. Like, and I'll be in love with an artist for maybe two weeks. And I'll just be looking at the portfolio, looking at how they draw lines, and uh, where they leave white, uh, where they put shade. Like, just, I'll be looking at them and going, Oh, these now, this is the best. This is the best I've seen. And I'll be breaking down their work and looking how they think, like trying to figure out how they think when they're making stuff, trying to find little concept sketches they've done, trying to reverse engineer, see where to start. So there's so many artists, like I lose count, but there would be, yeah, there's like a general five or six, yeah. Um, Jonas Bergstrand, he's a Swedish illustrator. He is, I put him as kind of top of the game, just... That guy is, uh, he's he's up there with illustrators that people would learn about in college, I'd say. He's that, he's just so good. He's only like, I think he's 40, maybe, if he even is 40. But um, he's really nice as well. Like, this is the great thing. This is the great thing. I've just sent him emails, and he emails back big, long emails with all of advice. <laughs> it's, it's priceless. Like, um, just to, you know, to have the actual chance to do that. Like, I know back in the day you could send a letter to someone, but with the email, it's kind of, uh, it's more, sometimes they can feel a bit more personal because they're offhand little things and someone will kind of write back and, I don't know, it, it just feels more like a conversation, which is great. So to have to have an open dialogue with someone that I would look up to um, is brilliant. But yeah, but actually getting back to the point, oh, there's so many, um, there's, um, there's a lot on Instagram, uh, Anna Kaddish, she's a Russian, she's a Russian character designer. Oh, her work is brilliant. It'd be like, uh, kind of like Cartoon Network style drawings, like the Powerpuff Girls, but much, much more detailed. Like, it's, it's, it's really hard to explain, but, um, oh, she's brilliant. Um, there's a lot, there's, there's so much, like, my Instagram, I just really follow artists, so I just scroll through the home feed. Having a look and popping into a portfolio, um, they're other brilliant. There's there's so many, and I see that I think that now could explain my uh, lack of a coherent approach because you can just find someone who's brilliant and look at their work and then try and see how they think and take on board how they draw line work and. So I, I could be on that trip for two weeks. I'm making this weird work that's not like my other work. And then a month down the line, I'm doing something else because I've seen some other artists who's brilliant. So I think that's that's a that's a big way of like informing the process to where I got to now. So hopefully the way I'm drawn at the moment is something I can take forward and change a bit over the years. But it'll be, I don't know, like a signature style of drawing that people know is mine. Um, on a, on a different question, are you a comic book reader? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah massively. I'd say my favorite is Hellboy. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, uh, like that's that's the main thing that when I first encountered your work, I was like, 
and I, and falling in love with like Instagram and Twitter for from a comic book perspective is uh, just brilliant. Just to see artists work and um, for them to be able to showcase it, just like yourself, is um, is one of my favourite things. Um, to to get back to your to work, Dan, like what I I wanted to ask about is um is how you how you how an idea comes to kind of fruition really from from the initial concept to like it going onto the page because I did have a, a look at your YouTube uh, account and I was surprised how much you talk about the written form before any drawing comes into it. Oh God, yeah. I would say when I'm doing a job, like let's say I just did a job for Liverpool for the first game of the season and um, for me to get to that image, uh, it's like square work for social media so it is, it's only one thing you have to produce. Like I would fill half a notebook, maybe just with com- with just with writing. Like I, I never do any drawing ever in the concept stage. That's probably because of the product design that I learned in college. Because that was my favorite bit is uh, coming up with concepts. But I find there's no point drawing until you know the area that you have to attack. Because being an illustrator, it's it's really focused and. It's it's like there's only a certain few things. There's a few elements you have to have in every job, and if you look at it like you know, it there's where all the circles intersect. You have to hit the middle. You have to hit the bullseye. So every circle is one element of the job. So with that, I'm writing down first game of the season, first game since the Champions League win. Club is back. It's in Anfield. It is an evening game. It'll get dark by the end. Um, you know, I'm just going, what, what, what has changed since the last time they had a home game? So now they were able to hit the, the Anfield sign, and that's the first time because no one was allowed to touch it until they won something with Liverpool. So that was kind of, first and foremost, I thought, yeah, that'll probably resonate with fans. Um, but that's that's the biggest bit of any of that work I, I do. Like any work for BT Sport, similar, um, you have to get something that'll resonate because people, the whole point is to get people looking at it and sharing it. Um, so you have to really get into the psychology of what people want to see, uh, what would pleasantly surprise them, um, what wouldn't pleasantly surprise them. So you you have to skirt, um, get a little path through all that stuff. Like I, I think that's, that's the most interesting bit for me, coming up with the psychology behind it. And then like everything in the drawing then is just would just be a weighted element weighted with meaning like so you know when I'm doing that drawing for Liverpool it's Klopp in the tunnel there's two players you can see that this is Anfield sign then it's just basically like an equation of coming up with how much space do I um, let each of these elements have where do I put them what um, what saturation colours do I let um, Klopp have compared to the pitch so from then chatting with um with Liverpool through um was it Dave actually uh, another football illustrator Dave Williams who's known as Dave Will he came up with the whole uh, project there so he's the liaison that I have with Liverpool and he was saying that like it'd be great to show the frenzy in the stadium here so we'd, we'd love to show that they're kind of walking out into the frenzy of Anfield on the match night so when I hear that back, I know I have to give the colours on the pitch, the lights, 
the stand and the fans, I have to have that really punchy so you can see that. So I'm kind of desaturating um, all the things in the foreground, which they're kind of taking up the most space, but everything is leading towards that little square where you can see to the pitch. So like that's the type of thought process I'd be going through to come up with an image like that because there's not much drawn in there. Like that probably took me an hour or two to make. Like um, the colours were the hardest bit to figure out the colours, but um, it's figuring out where you're putting things and the meaning each thing has. And then after that, you have to express yourself through the colour. So you're doing it through the um, the concept, then you're doing it through line work, then you're doing it through colour, and each one of them has different meaning. And when you do them all, hopefully you've done it right they will combine into an image that just, when someone looks at it, it'll make sense straight away, that they know what it is. They can see the pitch. They say, oh, it's match night. Oh, they're able to touch the sign. I can I can kind of have a sense of the mad, uh, the mad Anfield atmosphere uh, is shooting down the tunnel. And that just works then, hopefully. So I think the image got, like, I don't know, 500,000 likes on the Liverpool Instagram. So I think they're happy with it. <laughs> But yes, yeah. Numbers like say. that just I don't know, just lose meaning to me. Like when you're not drawing for people like Liverpool and Nike and your your individual work that um, that you're able to do, uh, so talk me through like my my favourite pieces, Pythagoras and Boots. I, 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 okay. I, I pretty much had that as my screensaver. Hope you don't mind on my iPhone <laughs> for a while. Um, Brilliant. But when you are not on a commission level, you know what draws your eye. Why would you? Why would you draw Eric Cantona and a seagull? That that type of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Where do these ideas? Where they're born out of, Dan? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, the Cryfon. Um, okay. I don't know what it is, but when I'm looking through reference photos, like I could see a hundred photos, and they have nothing. There's nothing interesting about them. But you'll see one photo and it just has, it shows off maybe it's a moment of balance or it's a moment of tension. It shows the player in, in a really maybe a cinematic way. They're lit well. Uh, I don't know. I, I suppose it's just kind of laid out very well. So I'll see a photo like that and it'll make me think, oh, yeah, okay, I need to, I need to draw this guy. So... I saw that photo of Cruyff and his leg. He has one leg, which is like uh, <laughs> really long under him. It's like a chair of, um, it's like the leg of a chair or something. Um, it's really spindly and all his balance is coming through it. And you can see he has his hand out grasping for balance. And now I like when I started drawing like this, I just go, I'm just going to draw this guy and I'll see where I go. Because I don't really plan out the images like like that when it's personal work so i drew that and that that actually turned out to be a nice drawing it has a nice line weight uh the colors worked out so then i made the poster background which is kind of not something i've ever really done it's uh, quite quite different to the rest of the work and i was looking and i got his name at the top and then i put his nickname at the bottom but um i can't just this is something i always try with my work it has to have another layer to it like it, it, it has to have something to figure out and then if you can figure it out you're kind of happy with yourself so you know a bit more about the player so that one with Cruyff I, I knew that was his nickname and I thought oh I have to figure some way to get this in and show it kind of visually and uh, 
it's probably the only theorem that I can remember from school. So, <laughs> it, like, and it just fit nicely with the football too. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think that maybe would be my most. Uh, I don't know. It's just a quite satisfying piece. It just kind of worked out. So, uh, I'm I'm still quite happy with that. Like, I still have that on my website, and I made it. I think I don't know seven years ago. You know, so that'd be one of the old pieces that kind of survived. But. Uh, yeah, like so. I, like I, I find if you're breaking that down really quickly, I'll generally draw someone. I'll have the drawing of them. It'll be finished, and that's like um, what would you call it? That's like a little asset to me. Then, and I go, how can I now use the drawing I've made to say something with it? And with that, I just managed to figure out the visualization of the theorem, and it fit with his feet. But um, you asked about Cantona too, and that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I went over to New York in 2012 or 13. There was an exhibition on that showed work from a load of football illustrators. So I went over to see my work at it. Uh, I wouldn't be keen on that type of thing. So I was like in and out pretty quick. I think I was only there like a half hour. But I went home and I decided I was going to draw Cantona for some reason. I wanted to do a portrait. And I remember it was like a day and a half. And I still have the sketchbook. I drew Cantona's face, I think, 57 times, just uh, trying to figure out some way to draw And I remember I hit on it perfectly. I said, oh, yes, this is exactly how I want to draw And that turned into Cantona and Seagull, which is the portrait of uh, Eric and Seagull's on his head with a fish in its mouth. Um, and he looks... He looks really solemn, but it kind of—it's a kind of farcical image. But yeah, but since I paired the, those two characters together, the seagull and Cantona, uh, I've kind of just kept drawing them. And uh, he'd be my most fun little thing to draw. Uh, I love doing those little uh, kind of cartoon figures, and I'm starting to build a little world around them. Like I've got the seagull, I've got his boat. Uh, the seagull is based off his eyebrow, and the boat design is based off his collar. So they're all kind of kind of grown from the one element so uh i've been having fun with that but uh i haven't gone near it in the last few months because i've been busy i was traveling and uh i had a bit of client work but um why uh, i would like to go back to that. why eric oh uh, he's uh, he's like i know like i see like uh, like a lot of people love him a lot of people think he's an idiot but a lot of people talk about him because he is an interesting footballer mm. as footballers go like there's so much like that you know it has to be just uh Sardines press conference. That speech, like, it's so it's perfect. It's uh, it was. It's probably, I don't know. It might be the most interesting thing I've seen a footballer do, just from a silly kind of standpoint. It's it's just like he's not taking being a footballer seriously because you know he he doesn't take that seriously. I think he's just having fun, and I think I don't know why. Oh yeah, it's also the kind of kung fu element works with cartoon things. It, there's so much weird bits to him, like it that just slotted into place. And like I don't even support Man United, um, but uh, he'd be one of my favorite footballers just because he's interesting. But I I can see that he's he's a bit tiresome for some people as well. To look at your most well, what I think is your most kind of abstract piece, which I love. Uh, I showed it to my brother for the first time the other day. Is your uh, your kind of four models of football with the Catanaccio, Tiki Taka, Sam oh, yeah, yeah. and Total Football? Um, you know that's so far removed from from your other work. I think I'd, I'd say. Um, how how do you how did you come up with that? Uh, well, like the thing is, I would just. Yeah, when I was leaving college, I got a mock interview in 
uh, nice graphic design studio in the north of Ireland, and they they were pretty well established. They won like a European award for something the year I was up there, so they they knew what they were talking about. And I just got a reading list off them, so they said, "Look, if you're able to read through these books, you'll be." fairly up on uh, whatever you need to know with graphic design and things like that so um, I was flicking through those books and I think they're all about like looking at things in a different way uh, just making interesting work and that's mainly my thrust is just to give football fans something fun to look at because football fans like are the most passionate people it's the most popular sport in the world and most people that like it are just thinking about it most of the day so I think you know like I just like, I suppose this was in the early days where I would just be making things in any style. I had no great uh, uniform approach, but I was looking at just boiling down all the football philosophies to the most basic elements. So if anyone looked at them, they'd be able to understand them. And those ones just worked. Uh, Yeah, so I just wanted to go use one or two colours in each and have them just really easy to read so you just look at them and you go oh i know what that is i know what that is so yeah they've they'd be up there with the croy phone for being really popular uh i'm still actually selling them on my site um, i found a few in my office there the other day so i just put them up again for sale um, they're amazing yeah, I think they're fantastic yeah, so, work. thank you so what what does the future kind of hold for you then your bt work has been really, really impressive. I've really enjoyed that, actually, mainly because Spurs have been in the Champions League for the last uh, couple of years, which, uh, which has been nice yeah. for a Spurs fan. But um, they've been really playful. They've been really fun and, and like really good twists on, on the rivalries and identities of, of the clubs. Um, and things like your, uh, your players have, uh, not years gone by, but if players had different careers at different times, uh, the kind of black and white, portrait uh, pieces that you oh, yeah. um, were, were great fun and and like you were saying about wanting to give football fans fun you know and a different perspective of uh, of what football art can be about what you're looking to do in the future um i i never plan too far ahead but i do i plan in my sketchbook so i just have things i'm really interested in so i'll see things that blow my mind like um the Spider-Verse film, that just kind of yeah. sent me off on a, on a whole different, like, you know, that just blew my mind. So I bought the art book and I started emailing the uh, the guy that came up with the visual feel for it. Um, and I got a few emails back off him. So, like, I've been following his work. Uh, just, I'll see stuff like that and go, oh, now, wouldn't that be fun to uh, have something like that for football fans? And I just have that feeling in my stomach. And I'll be honest, the last year or two, I've worked hard on personal stuff. So I've come up with like one or two kids books. I've come up with the premise for a football cartoon. I've uh, put my own book together the first seven years of my work. That took a lot. Um, I am trying to get my drawn style in one way. I've been trying to com- like come up with more for the little Cantona character I've been drawing. But, you know, there's, I'm just making these things because they're fun and they're just premises and I've got, like, sketchbooks that I put a lot of work in and I don't spend too much time at them, but, like, every once in a while I'll sit down and put in all the recent little concepts and ideas that I had. 
So I've been building those up. Um, I'd love to do a video game. I'd love to do um, a book. I'd love to do a film. Like I just, I just like making things. And I think uh, what I said there previously, um, I just want to make things that are fun for football fans. Really, like <laughs> you know, uh, that's basically it. Like uh, anything that's just fun. And I like money doesn't really come into it because. I don't know. Um, I just like making things. Like the reason I do client work is just so I have money and I can pay the mortgage, and then mm. I can draw what I want for the next month or two, and then might get another job and pay the mortgage a while, and I can do my own thing again because that's the most fun. Just coming up with stuff, just trying things, seeing what'll go well. Like that year on Instagram, I was making work like every day. I was getting like two hundred followers every day. That was just fun. Like just good fun not getting paid for it but just seeing all the comments and trying to come up with funny stuff uh, and then I got bored of it so <laughs> now I'm losing all those followers <laughs> but uh, I don't mind like it's just a laugh really like I just do like doing funny things like the BT work was always fun because like I, I don't really get the aggro side of football where you know Man City fans hate Liverpool fans now and it's just a bit boring like it's a bit like one note kind of just like I wouldn't like I like when fans are like slagging each other having fun hmm. just you know not not bad feeling stuff and that's uh, all the work for BT was kind of I'd play off rivalries but it'd be friendly like it's just a bit of a laugh really like because I always think I know like at the moment City fans and Liverpool fans hate each other but they're exactly the same people like you support you know you're mad football fans you're from nearly the same bit of England it's so close you have so much in common, but you just concentrate on this one thing <laughs> that separates you. You know, I just, I don't get it. Like, that's why I think my work has a bit of a, I try and make it a bit happy or whatever, a bit funny just to change the attitude a bit, I suppose. Yeah, you certainly do. You know, I, I think, like you're saying, your your work has always, um, always has a, a funny element to it, a, a kind of comic element. And, and uh, and not trying to to focus on, yeah, the kind of darker side of of rivalries. Um, yeah. But yeah, Dan, look, I just want to say um, thank you very much for for all the time that you give me, and um, I really appreciate you uh, you sp- you know spending your time and uh, and sharing what is a, a really wealth of knowledge about your profession, man. Like. Um, yeah, you, I didn't have uh, the the video up, but um, just kind of in awe, really, of the of complexities of it, and uh, and how you can take it on your stride, and and how much love you have for it. You know, it's really nice to speak to someone who, like I said, like God, reading your your website and those who you've worked with and commissioned, but yet, you know, you just love doing it. I think that's probably probably what's got you to this point, really. Um, hopefully but thanks very much Joe like it's so nice that someone will want to call me up and listen to me talking about my work because I think I can keep going on about it like whenever I pop around to my parents house I'll just be like oh I was drawing Harry Kane earlier and uh, I put him in a cage and uh, you know whatever it is this and that and they just are like oh very good very good well, <laughs> you um, know like I just if, talk about it all the time so you know you it's been really anything, nice uh, if you do anything with the uh, Spider-Verse or any comic book stuff man I, I will definitely Definitely speak to you anytime, anytime at all. Um, but uh, yeah, well, thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you go, Dan. And thanks for being on Race to the Bottom. Greatly appreciated. All right, Joe. Speak to okay, you soon. Man, thank you very much. Take care, okay, man. Bye bye.
just want to say a massive thank you to Dan for giving me the time to speak to him. I think um, anyone who's listened to the interview will, will get a keener understanding of of the thought process and and the work that goes into these amazing images that we are we are lucky to to experience on Twitter, on Instagram, on on the BT channels. Um, I wish Dan all the best for the future. Um, and if you do want to to find out any of his work, um, Instagram Dan Layden and Twitter at Dan Layden. Um, L-E-Y-D-O-N, by the way. Um, if you have enjoyed the episode and have enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. I'm on racetothebottom.net if you want to visit the website and subscribe there. Um, it's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, it's on Spotify. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Ginola's Left Foot and also uh, the, the podcast handle is at RTTB Podcast. Thanks for listening as always. Speak soon. You are listening to Rick Rick.